0: For joining us, this is Paul Wilson. Chris Hemke. And you're listening to Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, we got a stacked episode. What a show
1: we have today, man. I'm really pumped.
0: I am too. Uh, Guys, we're going to hear from our super tech, Jeremy Garnett, and our remote support expert, Sean Lynn, a little bit later in the show. Uh, Right at the top, we are going to be able to hear from Clint Cannon of ATS Diesel. Chris, do you want to do you want to intro this? I, I, yeah, this is a pretty you know, big deal for been, you. There's
1: been a couple really cool videos that uh, the boys over at ATS have been uh, been sharing, and they've been going viral. And that's regarding their new to the market Allison conversion for the fourth gens and fifth gen Rams.
0: We've Seen allison conversions We've, before? You know,
1: I cringe every time someone talks about doing these conversion <laughs> projects. Um, but I, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to one of the employees of ATS on a trip I was on, and he was giving me some of that inside scoop. And like, I got really excited. Like, it sounded like someone. And if there's going to be someone in this industry, Clint and, and ATS as a whole have those resources to make this possible. Um, but they've literally checked every box on what a conversion kit would need to have to be viable in a day-to-day workload. Um, So I'm really excited to know more about this because Reality is anytime you get on the phone with a guy and he's talking about a truck and I love the hey I'm looking to buy a new truck can you make a recommendation like my eyes roll like I, I really don't like those calls right Cause it's, it's like it, it's at the end of the day it's based off of a preference yeah yeah so I could tell you that oh man I love this truck and they're going oh, fuck you I like this more well then don't ask me my opinion um, but damn that's aggressive <laughs> but commonly enough you always get the guys man I just wish I can get a Cummins with an Allison. Like that—that is always the conversation of, oh well, the Ram trucks aren't that great because the transmission's just shit. But man, they got a great motor. Yeah. So here's a viable option to where you could put the badass trans behind the badass motor.
0: That's what we used to say. You got a Cummins wrapped in a Dodge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So they've
1: come along, but they have—they've
0: made a step or two. Um, Once or or two. (laughs) Guys, make sure you stick around Uh, right after a word from our sponsors. We're going to be coming at you with that conversation we had with Clint Cannon from ATS Diesel.
2: Increase the durability, line pressure, and performance of the Allison transmission in your GM 66 liter Duramax LML and L5P with the XDP EPC solenoid fuller plug. From the factory, the EPC solenoid increases line pressure up to 230 PSI during shifting. Once the shift is complete, the pressure drops back down to 80 PSI. At 80 PSI of line pressure, your Allison cannot hold the added stress from aftermarket upgrades or heavy towing. The XDP EPC solenoid fooler fixes this issue by installing onto the solenoid and back into the valve body. This lets your transmission effectively operate at 230 PSI all the time. This eliminates clutch slipping, poor shifting, and extends transmission life. To find out more about the XDP EPC solenoid fooler plug, Check out xdp.com or find a local dealer near you.
0: I wanna to talk to you listeners today a little bit about Whirly Custom Fabrication. We've been working with the guys over at WC Fab since the since the shop is open, literally. Uh, we've always had a great friendship and relationship with Jason Worley and Ryan Whirly and the whole crew over there. And one of the reasons that that relationship has lasted for 15 years plus is because we get the same consistent high quality parts and excellent customer service from them every time. Uh, If you guys are looking for any of the parts or products that WC Fab can supply, I blindly and wholeheartedly totally recommend them to you. Axergy Performance is the leader in high performance diesel fuel systems. When you go around to UCC, when you go around to competitions, when you look at Lavon Miller and other amazing competitors who have crushed it and dominated this space, you'll see consistently XRG Performance is what their injectors and their fuel pumps are provided by. And that is because they're using the highest levels of technology to develop and process your orders. So you're, you're not getting an injector that somebody hit with a screwdriver to hone it out. You're not getting something that some fly-by-night shop uh, tried to tweak some 50-year-old equipment to try to hack together a set of modified injectors. You're getting OEM quality. You're getting the absolute best possible thing for your truck. And when it comes down to your fuel system in a diesel, there may be no part that's more crucial to have a very, very high, ridiculous standard for quality. Uh, If you're considering upgrading your fuel system in your diesel truck, you need to contact one of the distributors or you need to contact XRG Performance directly because they're going to get the job done right and you're going to be really happy with it. Clint Cannon, how the hell are you?
3: I'm good. Good. Good to to talk talk to you guys again today.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. We're excited to have you. So, Clint... um, Obviously, Clint's the owner of ATS. Uh, You've been around the diesel performance industry for a long time, I'd say, about as long as diesel performance has been happening in a relevant way for us. Yeah,
3: that's an understanding. (laughs) Yeah, a couple years. I I think we're turning 30 years almost, and uh, next year I think it'll be 30 years at eight for ATS. Holy moly. insane. Yeah, that that is just. I'm feeling old.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now you started it when you were five, so you're not that old. We'll just keep that age, (laughs) that age discreet. Um, But Clint, I, I thought maybe for our newer listeners, could you give us a little bit of a rundown of ATS and kind of your history in diesel performance?
3: Yeah, so you know, ATS, I started out as a transmission shop in '93. Um and then you know shortly after that moved into rebuilding torque converters um and then of course, the Diesels came out and and right about that time is when uh you know I found a need for you know a multi disc converter, and that's basically was the the invention or the creation of the the famous triple lock torque converter which is which is a mainstay today you know for forever and that's basically the uh kind of how that whole deal happened and then as we kept moving along um you know, we kind of moved into building, you know, just other diesel components and products, and as they kind of moved along, you know, it it just went from one thing to another, and today we, you know, pretty much design, machine, everything, all upstairs, we're in a 110,000 square foot warehouse, um, or big big metal building, which ironically um, is a, previously was an EPA building, (laughs) <laughs> for the u s government which is kind of interesting, but you know being where being where uh, the irony irony that we're in the e p a building now is it's kind of funny for this day and age, but
1: yeah,
3: you know it, when when I had all circles around, you know we started uh building turbochargers and and just you know torque conversion transmission packages and electronics and all these things that fit around the the Diesels you know when when they came out and uh when the Cummins really hit the market, you know in 95 you know the 12 valve as we all know is just legendary and you know guys that throw a fuel plate in it and some governor springs and a bigger turbo and next thing you know you know the transmission has no ability you know to, to hold any power so we continue to you know work on the transmission packages and the in and the torque converter and, and all that other stuff and you know over the years you know it evolved into what it is today you know ATS doing pretty much everything under the hood you know drivetrain powertrain for you know these diesel pickup trucks
1: you know it, it's crazy clint when you think about uh, you, you mentioned a 94 12 valve doing a couple simple bolt-ons transmissions the 47 rh's the 47 res you know and then you get into the newer 48 res to, to today's you know the 68s it's all the same shit. you add a little bit more power the transmissions just can't keep up
3: <laughs> yeah 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 exactly Yeah, and then of course of course, the, you know. Then we get into the newer transmissions when they all became, you know, they 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 used to all be synchronous, and then they all turned into this non-synchronous operation, which means there's clutch to clutch operation, and you know the computer has to control when the clutch applies, when it releases, and and that creates a whole another dynamic of issues that we have to deal with in the aftermarket. You know, we we have to make sure the computers can keep up, you know, with with the with the rapid power increase of these. Diesels when you turn them up, but also the transmissions kind of have gotten smaller over time, you know. And and one of the like the '68 RFE when you talk about that, you know, it's basically we all know it's basically a gasoline transmission that they put a, a diesel torque converter in front of it. <laughs> and the uh, the saving grace for the '68 generally is having you know D rate and defuel capabilities, you know. So the engine can kind of turned down, and and you know one of the big reasons why they are pretty reliable, you know, in stock applications. You know, then, of course, as soon as you, as soon as you tune them, as soon as you turn them up, you know, then, then so much of that's gone and the, the parts just aren't big enough, right? So so it really, it really doesn't give you a ton to work with.
0: It's so funny you say that. I was just watching somebody who called the 68RFE a caravan transmission, uh, <laughs> which just always brings a smile to my face uh, for all you caravan owners out there.
1: Well, I mean, it's also crazy <laughs> to think about, you know, you think of like the forty seven RH forty seven RE. That is a spinoff off of like a Torque Flight seven twenty seven that used to be in all the old muscle cars in the seventies. Like those casings are all real similar. Am I correct with that, Clint?
3: Yeah, no, that nothing. And you know Chrysler's mo has always been continue to regurgitate technology. And <laughs> you know the the original push button. If uh, you guys have for for us old guys that remember, and this was an old movie to me, but National Graffiti. Yeah. Um, when you know when they when they have the old a Cop car and he wraps a chain around the rear axle. Then they, you know, they uh, go and run off, and the cops start hauling ass and following them. You know, that's an old push-button power glide, right? Well, in '64, is when the original uh, cast iron power glide or the torque—I'm sorry—the aluminum power or I'm sorry—the aluminum torque flight eight, um, which became basically the 727, right? Well, literally that valve body that's in a 1967 push-button three-speed automatic Chrysler will bolt into a 2006 48 RE and actually work. So, I mean, so that gives you an idea, like that technology had been around for so long. And, you know, all Chrysler did is, you know, later on, you know, in in, uh, 96, they whacked off the governor and they put a solenoid in place of it to emulate governor pressure, right? And instead of redesigning the transmission, and making a newer technology, you know, getting rid of the band and, you know, making it a making it more of a state-of-the-art transmission. They just continued to regurgitate parts um, all the way until uh, the 6.7 Cummins came out. And, you know, finally, when the 6.7 came out, you know, they put the 6.8 behind it. And the 6.8 is literally a regurgitated 5.45, right? And the 5.45 was grown up from the 6.04, which is your caravan transmission. So... <laughs> You know it's unbelievable. You know what Chrysler has done. Um, you know to save pennies, and 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 they've managed to get away with it. But you know when you look at when you look at the way these things are built, even the the material in the valve body, the material in the case is is so porous and it's so such a cheap material that the stuff wears out and it doesn't have any integrity. You know the the 68 RF, you know, is is known for Cracking in half, right? That's why you build the case base that goes to the top of it because it literally the case breaks in half, and there's nothing you can do with that in the aftermarket short of putting a brace on it. You know, Chrysler could have used a little bit better material, but again, you know, not to not to be bagging on Chrysler because they keep us. Uh, I love Chrysler, and they keep us in business, and, and you know, half our product <laughs> line is around that. But but it but it really does leave a lot to uh, ponder about, and, and you know, a lot to improve on.
0: I love that you, you came on the podcast and in the first five minutes just bashing on Chrysler engineers. Um, no, no, but, he but a, it, he's
1: thanking them. <laughs> he's thanking them for business.
0: Thanking that's them funny. for being so horrible at their jobs. No, but yep. it, 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 it is funny to me because I, I think you make some really valid points there about the lack of technology and that's something that, that we've heard about forever. Chris, how many guys have been on the show who said, the ultimate dream diesel is a Ford chassis with a Cummins engine and an Allison transmission.
1: I think in the in the two thousands, you know, that held true. Uh, I don't hear that as much these days because I do think like the the Ram platform has advanced so much, and they are very much a luxury vehicle. You still get the solid front axle, but people still complain about the transmission. So what I get more these days is, oh, I would love to have a Ram with an Allison. Why didn't they do that from the factory?
0: Yeah. Well, I know, so you, yeah. you've you been driving a built Allison, had the ATS twin kit on it, uh, running a Stealth now, yep. and, and had a lot of experience with driving these 68s. And you and I have been back and forth with, with driving your truck and feeling different levels of built transmission because i think that truck's life first started with like a stock transmission and yeah, too much okay. horsepower and then what just a converter what, what was yeah, the did life of valve that? body
1: and a converter we did an ats valve body and a converter yeah. upgrade and you know we uh, we had the 68 built um, the the thing you know kind of follow with clinton is even in like the 68 world and you throw a, a, an insanely amount of money because it's very expensive to build a 68 the the transmissions still don't drive very nice. Nothing compared to like what an Allison or a built Allison would be.
0: It's not no. You know, Clint, can you talk to us a little bit about this? I got to watch one of the really cool videos you guys did where you you compared in depth uh, an Allison versus a sixty eight RFE, and I thought that was a really cool kind of concept. Can you give our listeners kind of a recap of like what are some of the basic differences? Why do people not love the sixty eight?
3: Well, I'll tell you. I mean, it. It, it even kind of goes beyond the 68. It even kind of reaches into the ASIN, um 68 and the 69. So, you know, it, it's pretty. It's pretty long-winded. But in in you know to kind of keep it basic, you know, the 68 RFE, like say it that tranny works really well when it's you know more factory power levels, and you know it has a great gear ratio. You know, the the problem is it's just not very big, right? So when when you start demanding on it a little bit, like putting a lot of weight, you know, behind your vehicle or or turning your engine up at all, you know, or basically abusing these trucks like all of us do, you know, the 68 is just so limited primarily because of its size and that is the, the overall design of it. You know, when, it, when you go to overdrive, so really fourth, fifth or sixth gear, the 68 RFE has a tremendous um, mechanical disadvantage. On the overdrive clutches so almost no matter what you do no matter how how quickly you get them on or how much pressure you squeeze them you know they're just limited on how much power they can hold without getting a slow slip and then you burn up the overdrive clutches and you know a a lot of other things in the transmission you know the 68 RFE the pump is not big enough the hydraulics are not designed optimally the planets aren't very big, the clutches are small, the cases, I mean, it's overall, like I say, it's kind of a gas training. So when you get into the, to the you know, being able to hold power on a 68 and, a, and when I say abuse it, you know, put a, put a skid steer on the back and a load of bricks and, you know, a trailer and, and, you, and you just start using this thing every single day, the 68, you know, just doesn't really have the meat, you know, to really make it super reliable. Um, so you're, you're kind of limited based on how far you can go. Now, when you get into like the 07 to 12, 68 RCs, which is the ASIN trannies, then you kind of have the same problem because it's a it was too small of a transmission and it has it has a massively uh, under-designed input shaft. And the hydraulics, you can't really modify much. And then you get into the 69 RC, which is the the 13 to current. That's a really pretty heavy-duty transmission, but there's no tuning form. Um, they rely, you have to derate the engine when you're under power. Um, the more power you make, the more you have to derate the engine. So it's almost, it feels like a Volkswagen um, <laughs> you know, with the, the Triptronic, you know, where their technology is literally, it, you, you lock it into gear, and then accelerates really hard, and then as soon as it begins to make the shift, then the engine derates literally like you take your foot off the throttle, and then the shift takes place and the clutches engage and then then it then it gives it power again right so so that's the so it's almost like the demand for this Allison setup that we've got is is about 50 50 whether it's 68 um RFE's or the 69 ASIN for the two reasons right but in in essence i mean the big big deal is is the Allison transmission what's so cool about the Allison 1000 um it has it has the perfect gear ratio, so your low gear to your double overdrive. You know, fifth and sixth is the double overdrive, so the RPM drops are perfectly dropped. You know, between first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. But what really makes the Allison work so well in such a good candidate is it's a it's a direct copy of a of the medium duty the 3000 series, which is a monster's transmission. I mean that. that the 3000 series transmission is like the size of the Cummins motor. I mean it's huge it, it comes behind all the 83s and it's just big. So they essentially took the one the, the 1000 and they shrunk it down just a little bit and and it's essentially it's a medium duty transmission that is going behind our our regular trucks, right? So it's such a big transmission. The clutch packs are huge. The planetaries are huge. I mean, the input shaft is huge. You know, if you, if you go back and kind of reference that video that I did, you know, I kind of do step by step and, and show, you know, the, each shaft and the clutches and all the other components. Um, but the other thing that makes it really a nice setup is it has a, a very simple. It's complicated, but it's a very simplistic hydraulic system, which means the hydraulic system is not full of inherent high mileage problems so you can control it and the Allison TCM that we use in this package is also it's tunable by the general public right you can plug if I live into it so now we can utilize the a factory calibration I mean we send out a calibration with our setups but you can the end user has the ability to go in and tweak shift points up downs based on the gear ratio and the tire size and and what turbo or turbos you're running, you know all the, you know everything. So, so it's very open architecture, and, the, and that was one of the big reasons why, you know, we really chose the LCT 1000 platform to work on because it's it is open kind of architecture. We have all the heavy duty parts in the world, and it just it just doesn't break. So, you know, we, when you start getting into kind of the the nuts and bolts, you know, the aftermarket we've been putting Allison transmissions into you know behind the the cummins for several years now i mean for like 10 years the problem is and it was and it's not just ats i mean there's a lot of guys out there that have been you know getting the the transmission behind the the engine well the there's kind of two major problems right the the first problem came from is getting the transmission to bolt up behind the engine to get it when you bolt it up behind the engine you have to have the right setup, which means in order to get it to bolt up, you either have to um, build some kind of adapter plates or whatever, or get like an SAE type bell housing and change the adapter plate on the on the Cummins. And doing that, it was it's very it's huge and it's just lumbersome and it's like too long and and so you know these adapter plates came out. And then the adapter plates, you would remove the vacuum plate from the back of the engine and then and then bolt on this aftermarket vacuum plate. Well. Unfortunately, because of the bell housing design of the, of the Allison, you pretty much are forced to relocate the starter. So take the, the OEM starter off of the engine and then relocate it to the other side and put the six liter starter on it, which, you know, the six liter starter is this little gear reduction starter. And they, they, they're not reliable, right? But most impactive, what, what, what I did not like is you have to grind like literally an inch out of the block by like six inches. I mean, you have to grind the block out. I mean, it's like an <laughs> hour's worth of grinding, you know, and you get like CGI block or whatever. And, and that's really terrifying because then all of a sudden you're creating all these stress risers, but regardless, you know, whether it's a 12 valve or a 2000 and, or a 21, um, six, seven, I mean, you literally have to grind the block out of it, grind, grind, grind. So the starter will tuck up by it, by, by the, you know, by the, casting, and holy cow, man, I mean, if you ever see that, you just like you grit your teeth like, man, I do not ever want to do that to my engine, you know, like, <laughs> I don't think any of us ever wanted, like, grind that kind of material off the block of your engine, you know, so, so what we did is, you know, just took a step back and like, let's build like an OEM style transmission that's going to bolt up to this thing, so, so what I did is we, we basically just designed this really beautiful bell housing. That replaces the bell housing from the factory from the Allison, and then this bolts on. such so the pump housing, converter housing, special converter. So the entire transmission assembly is a 100% direct bolt-in replacement. I mean, like you drop your your '68 out of the out of the vehicle, and without even changing the flex plate, right? Just take the transmission out and bolt the Allison up there, and it 100% bolts up to the bell housing. The torque converter, we designed it so it emulates the, the front end of a 68 RFE, so it bolts right to the flex plate. And then you all your brackets you know over the top, all your wiring harness and your cooler lines, all that stuff that bolts right onto the to the bale housing. The wire harness that we supply the whole deal, which I, I'll kind of get into that in more detail, but it uses all the factory looms, the cooler lines even. You know, you we, everybody's familiar with the cooler bypass block uh, that every 68 or ASIN should ever have, right? So we just, we supply a new block that plugs into your factory cooler lines. And then that block has the cooler lines that go right to the transmission. So literally everything about this is 100% plug and play. And it, and it's just beautiful. I mean, everything bolts up that even the, the spines on the transfer case, you know, we've changed the output stuff around and the, uh, and the adapter plate. So it, it all bolts up the factory transfer case. Um, some of these kits, you don't even have to do driveline changes because we've kind of compensated for that in the bell housing, um, or the transfer case. Some, some, sometimes you have to shorten the driveline and lengthen it. Sometimes we add a spacer. So it, it kind of depends on, you know, what, what year, um, and, and what size truck it is exactly. I mean, I think right now we have like 17 different kits, you know, whether it's a, you know, an early, you know, or a late, um, 68 or a 69 or a, Or or whatever it is so there's so every single part of it and then and then to get things even better even having the bell housing where the transmission would just bolt into the vehicle still didn't get us where we needed to be in fact that was maybe half of it right first thing you want to do is make the hard parts bolt in but the hard part about it is with these vehicles which you know you guys are brutally aware how this works I mean we, we get these calls right the vehicle is all integrated. Like, you can't just take a transmission out of these vehicles anymore and have the TCM not be in the, in the circuit. All of a sudden, the engine computer is looking for the transmission computer, and it's not communicating with the TCM. So, the, this whole CAN network, you know, everything has to work together, and as soon as you take your 68 out, then it's like, whoa, wait a minute, I don't have, like, I can't run. I don't know how fast I'm going. I don't know what gear <laughs> I'm in. So So then, you know, like the the practice was, you know, some time ago before we came out with this kit is flash the ECM to make it think it's a standard transmission, right? Yeah. Well, that fixes some things. It lets the engine run in that. But the things that don't work is your backup camera doesn't work. Your push the start button doesn't work, which means you can't start it without running a wire down on the starter. The cruise control doesn't work. The dash, the park reverse neutral drive doesn't work. The transfer case doesn't go into low range anymore. So, like, all of these things, all of these creature comforts that, you know, we love so much about these vehicles, like, nothing would work. I mean, literally nothing would work because it was, like, flashed to a standard, and it, it. the computer doesn't have anything that it needs. So the, so what we really spent a lot of time on is working on basically a module that or in some cases a few modules that fit between the transmission, the TCM that we're supplying for the Allison, and the body control module and the ECM. So we emulate and we now broadcast and we take all that information from the Allison TCM and we pair it and we basically translate it, which the module is called the translator. We translate all of that TCM information into language that the truck can understand the BCM and ECM and, and go on. And then we take the same information from the truck and translate it back to the Allison. So now all the so now the Allison computer has all the torque requests that knows exactly, you know, all the details of the truck. And most importantly, um, or equally as importantly, it allows all of the emissions components because it's not in the kind of a rate mode. So now this whole thing, the whole package works very seamlessly. I mean in fact this is you guys will you will appreciate this. one of the things that I like to do is um, after one's done is plug our plug the factory the factory Chrysler scan tool, tool into the engine and you can read all the TCM data and the when you're looking at the data it looks like it's coming from the factory Chrysler TCM where in fact it's actually coming from the Allison. So we take that Allison information, translate it in, send it back to the vehicle and then when you're reading this information it tells you that it basically believes that there's a chrysler transmission in the vehicle that is so, so cool you know it, i mean when we finally got to that level we're like this is cool you know <laughs> it's uh it's it's just it's just it's just such a nice it just it just gives you a light a nice peace of mind because yeah you, you have you don't have to worry about the failure points anymore you don't have to worry about it Failing on you, you know. You can put some power to it. You can drive it like you stole it with your trailer behind it, you know. And it's and it's just a very clean, you know, factory type install.
1: I mean, you're putting a so, uh, lot of effort into the whole process, thinking an end user. Oh, I'm just going to swap an Allison. They're not thinking about the push button start, the backup camera, the four low, any of those things. And there are other conversions on the market that. You know, there's guys out there putting 48s behind you know a, a newer six seven, and I just I don't see that being very efficient with you know losing your double overdrive, only having four gears. Uh, so this is kind of like an Allison, spe- you know, the Allison is a diesel specific trans in a medium light duty truck. You're able to bolt it in, but you're able to get all those creature comforts figured out so the truck operates as
0: it did factory. Well, can you just imagine from a tuner standpoint, Chris, how many Allison conversions have we had in the shop that have, like, a standalone TCM yep. and then a different PCM running the engine? and the, They like,
1: all still have codes on the dash for this, that, or guaranteed, the other.
0: Yep. Guaranteed. And they're also, they're a nightmare to tune because yep. nothing's talking to yep. each other. So if you have a standalone TCM, your Allison in theory might shift great, but, like... Engines talk to transmissions. That's the simplest way I could put it. And when they don't, your truck drives like garbage. Yeah. Um, this is this is really really interesting. I was checking out some of that cool stuff where like you could still go on the dash and read your trans temp, uh, which usually in anything with a conversion like you're not using factory sensors to read anything. Right.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. And and that's the, that's the big deal that we, and that and that's frankly why we just released it. You know, we've been we've been working on this for a couple of years now, but. It took us quite some time to backwards engineer all that data, you know, because Chrysler they don't they don't they don't give you an annex, you know, that tells you what <laughs> all these pits are and everything else. I mean, it's all it's all just hours and hours and hours of backwards engineering data and just experimenting and, and working through it, you know, same as you guys do, and it just it just takes so long. But you know, now that now that we pretty much we kind of started working, you know, from the 20 uh, or the 19 plus back. You know just because there's there's such a demand for the the newer trucks are so much harder so it kind of it makes it a little bit easier to start going backwards but but the the transmission um temperature the park reverse neutral the tap shift the tow haul your exhaust brake i mean all of the every function that your vehicle has from the factory um is works with with our alice conversion and that and that really is the big difference i mean with the the that's what really sets us apart and has changed things, and and that, frankly, that's why we started um, offering the kit because we did a we did a lot of Allison, you know, quite a few Allison swaps, you know, in the past that we would use, you know, an aftermarket TCM um, type thing, you know, and, and going through it, um, and it's just like you say. I mean, you lose so much, you know, of your of your drivability and your inherent problems, and 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 with the world that we're living in. You know, I mean, we're working, I mean, in Colorado, we're, unfortunately, we're pretty much like, we're under the CARB standard. You know, if you're in California, you everything is CARB. If, if you don't have a CARB number, it's not CARB approved. It doesn't work if you have a check engine light, you're not gonna get your plates, you're not gonna pass the missions. You know, Colorado, we're basically, unfortunately, we've adopted the CARB standard and it's being enforced now. And that means that, you know, a lot of these trucks that we did in the past, these Allison trucks, I mean, getting to the point to where like, they won't pass emissions. You know, guys couldn't get plates because there's a check engine light on the dash because it's missing information from the TCM. So, so this whole integration, you know, is is so incredibly important. You know, for like just the livelihood of being able to legally drive your truck and get plates on it. But <laughs> the other side of it is, I mean, we've got eighty, ninety, and a hundred thousand dollar trucks, right? And the last thing we want to be doing is driving a truck around that half the stuff doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, so it's it's just it's it's just a really big deal, but it's uh, man, it's it's incredible. I mean, they, they they just drive so well, and and these guys that have had so many failures in the past with their with their 68s, you know, it's just a blessing for those guys because you know we all have these trucks that are that are. I mean, the Ram builds such a great truck. You know, they've got. I mean, they really build such a great truck, and and just having the limitation of that transmission, you know, is just, it kills some guys. You know, they just can't get over. It, so it's so you know now it's it's exciting. You know this is something that's gonna that's gonna make a lot of a lot of happy truck drivers.
0: Can I ask a little bit about handling power? Uh, is this something that would be applicable if I want to build a big competition truck that I also daily drive? So so a nice hot street truck. Um, it, yeah. It, do I have the option to to beef this Allison up, or is this like because it's so new, I'm kind of just getting like a, the the basic entry level one for for failure prone customers?
3: No, so that's a that's a fantastic question. So, I'll answer that in a couple of ways. One, um, so we're all, we're going to be we're, currently we're only offering the kit um, with the transmission as installs um, at ATS, and I and the reason we're doing that, we just need a few more. You know, I need like another twenty or thirty of each truck to go through the shop to where so we have all the little details hammered out because we have every single. I mean, for, first of all, this kit. There is not a single wire that you have to tap. I mean, you don't. And I, and I didn't say cut wires. Like you don't have to cut any wires, but you don't even have to tap a wire. Wow. Everything is 100% plug and play. I mean, everything. Like the TCM unbolts, and we and we bolt in our module in place of it. So the translator bolts in the factory mounts. I mean, it's a it's a. All, the TCM under the dash. I mean, every wire is cut exactly to linked and loomed so everything is 100 plug-and-play pretty soon we'll be sending out we'll be offering just the kit for, for all the transmission rebuilders because there's a ton of guys out there that, that rebuild allisons and they do a great job with it you know and and I want to give them the ability to to you know put their Allison behind the comments right so so we'll be sending out the kit that would have the bell housing the torque converter the extension housing because we've cast up a, a new extension housing, so it has the so you don't have to use adapter plates and that kind of stuff on the back of the engine. Um, an output shaft, an extended output shaft that that's billet, by the way, that's part of the standard base build. Um, and then all the harness and the TCM, so everything you need. If you buy the complete assembly from us, then in our base transmission, the the base transmission is designed for basically a 600 horsepower RAM. So all of the Allison's that we like our base model RAM um, Allison comes with the extended billet alpha shaft. It comes with all the upgraded clutch packs. It's a combination between either Raybestos or Alto. We've got to have a, you know, a specific blend that we've, that we've always used in the, behind the Duramax. Um, And all the hydraulic modifications in the valve body um, a bigger pump um, and then the trip or the five star torque converter of course and that's the base package then at that point if you're you know like you're 800 900 thousand horsepower whatever then you can start upgrading other components in the in the transmission the billet input shaft billet clutch hub um billet planetary so it it pretty much is like the same build that we would do for the for the high horsepower Duramax's. Um, we just kind of stepped it up instead of a stage one being like a 500 horsepower unit. We we just know that the kind of torque that a Cummins makes, you know, for for all these trucks. And, and frankly, you know, most of these guys, were hand, a majority of these guys that are upgrading to the Allison, they're the guys that have, you know, gone through multiple Chrysler transmissions, and, they're, you know, their engine's pretty tuned up, and, you know, the vehicle's accessoried out. So... You know, we, we kind of had to assume that most of these Allisons would be going behind relatively modified trucks as it is. So, you know, we just didn't want to take a chance and just make the base model like, you know, good for 600 horsepower. I like that. So, That's awesome. I like that.
0: Yeah. You, you If you have a Cummins and it's not modified and you're listening to this podcast, what the fuck? That's my real question. Yeah, right. Exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the hell's wrong with you. Uh
0: Clint, I, I know you said this is the right now just getting the shop installs. People want to learn more about it. I know uh our page is gonna blow up about it. Fans, please jump on over to Fans of Diesel Performance Podcast Facebook group, post about it. We'll make sure we tag Clinton there and get some get some knowledgeable feedback for you. But for everyone else, where should they go to learn more about this project? You
3: know, um, pretty much the only information we have out currently is a couple of videos that i did and they're just real they're not professional Just real short um you know cell phone videos that i did just to kind of answer a few questions um and you can find that on our youtube channel here shortly um we're we're in the middle of a huge um integration within a whole new system in the shop and part of that is our website is being redesigned and, and upgraded so when we release, um, when we make the switch over, which will probably be around, the, I think, the 15th of next month, that, that will finally be advertising um, the Allison swap and kind of going through all these details and that. But in the meantime, I think the, the videos that I did um, are pretty informative. You know, for the most part, we kind of show the transmission and the and the castings and how the, and the computer system works. And, you know, one of them I do a test drive and showing all the functionality of it you know that at the kind of at the end of the day that you know the, the our base market where we're targeting you know we right now today we are not targeting to put an Allison behind a 7.3 and all these other vehicles as other guys that do that um, our target has been to make sure that all of the literally all of the 94 to current Ram trucks will have a complete plug-and-play option to put an Allison in it so if you're that means if you're taking out your old 47 rh or 47 re transmission you know in the early first gen or second gen dodges um that we'll have a kit to, to bolt in um, as i said earlier you know we really focused on right now the 19 um to current Rams, um and then the 13 to 18 rams uh we just got that all done and then next we'll be we'll be working on the uh prior models so um you know it's 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 pretty straightforward you know everything's it's very 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 clean so well, we'll make sure that we get more information out there on the website shortly. But you know, until then, it's uh, check out the videos.
0: Man, I am so excited, Clint. Thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Oh, pleasure. Yeah, I always love uh, love love talking about techn- technology and you know these products. You guys do a great job, and you know we really appreciate working with you guys. So anything we can do, you know, in the future, just you let me know.
0: Absolutely. Hey, guys, you heard it here. Uh, This Allison conversion is going to be the cleanest one on the market. It's going to be the one that you guys want. If you're right on the fence, and you're thinking about doing something, hold off a second. You're going to be able to get yours and you're going to want this one. Uh, Also, listeners, stick around. We got a little bit more Diesel Performance Podcast coming at you next. Uh, We're going to have our super tech and our remote support expert on talking about doing some troubleshooting in the shop. All right, folks, thanks for sticking around. We're here for your favorite segment with our super tech, Jeremy Garnett. Jeremy, how the hell are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, guys, if you want to follow Jeremy Garnett over on his Instagram page, that's at jgarnett00. Uh, some really cool stuff going on. What have you been working on in the shop lately?
4: Um, well, besides this LML, I uh, uh, started a really cool Hummer project uh, a few weeks back and been really getting some foot on the ground and making some
0: you know some big progress big progress on it. On yeah it. so I, I know whenever you talk to a mechanic they're like oh you know it's slowly coming along it's like bro you got the cab off you got the suspension on you got the intercoolers on like you look like you're damn near done i
2: yeah. get
0: it though you don't want to tell the boss that then you can't milk the project exactly I got it. Yeah. I, get
4: it. <laughs> if I tell him too much and you know <laughs> something will happen <laughs> yeah.
0: i love that all right well hey i know last week we ended with talking to our remote support expert, Sean Lynn, you were putting the emissions back on that 2012 Dually LML, uh, and it was having some EGT issues. Yeah. How'd it go? Did you resolve it? Did you fix the problem?
4: I did. Um, You know, after, you know, talking with Sean last week, uh, stuff like that, like, um, you know, he had brought up you know the pigtail issues and stuff like that and so and i knew there was a couple issues to begin with but you know from his firsthand experience so i did take everything about apart and i did find a couple corroded wires so i did put everything back together and so i was got the truck driving running down the road and i realized that my egt's are still staying about 800 degrees went into it a little bit more and i found that we had a bad ninth injector
0: oh now ninth injector deaf injector commonly get Yes. Mixed up. Yeah. Ninth injector, is specifically on an LML, uh, I believe on the L5 piece as well. Yep. Uh, ninth injector is going to be an extra fuel injector yep. that sprays fuel into the exhaust just before the DOC. Yep. Um, so. If you don't know anything about emissions, this doesn't matter to right. you. <laughs> it sprays a little bit of fuel into the exhaust to get the exhaust hot enough to burn off the soot. Yep. Uh, if you know about emissions, then you know that it actually heats Up the DOC, and the DOC heats the DPF. Yep. That's the way it works.
4: Yeah, so so what we wanted to do is uh, you want—it wasn't working properly, so it's working about 70%. So the truck wanted to go into regen, but it wasn't going into a regen status, so it was just staying at off. Right. But it was—the soot grams were staying between 18 and 22, and they didn't want to move off of those four, you know, between 18 and 22.
0: So, DPF pressure sensor, or was it actually getting uh, passive regen enough to burn the soot down in that load? It was
4: passive regen without going into regen status.
0: Oh, uh, so, okay. So, passive regen for guys that don't know. Passive regen is when you're operating the truck in a way that the truck just gets hot enough to regen. So, it'll right. just burn off the soot with the way you're operating it. Active regen is when it has to spray fuel. Yes. I have a guess here. This was somewhere in between. Yes. This is like spraying <laughs> enough fuel to make it regen, to make it run hot, but not enough to kick it all the way into exactly. a full active regen. Yep.
4: So if I, when I went in and I did a manual regen on it, I can get it to go in and do a manual regen, get my soot rams to go down. But the truck wouldn't do it on its own. Right. I mean. And here, as a tuning company, as in you know, Duramax tuner, we want the truck to work properly before we even tune it. So the, you got to remember, this truck is still bone stock without a tune on
0: it. I know. And every employee is pissed. Oh, I know. So like, am I. I'm not driving it. I've been driving this truck driving
4: for two weeks, <laughs> <laughs> and it still doesn't have a tune on it.
0: Oh, my God.
4: So, but yeah, it, it was just staying about 800. We went in, we diagnosed, we found that ninth injector being bad, and... I went ahead, I put one in. Uh, thank you, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he um, doesn't know yet. <laughs> but we put in uh, his, uh, we had one laying around. We put that in and we got the EGTs to go up, stay right, in, right around 1100, 1150 to 1200 degrees. And as soon as I did that, my EGTs hit that number, went into DPF status, went on. Sick rims within matter of 20 miles went to zero.
0: That's awesome. So, it's always satisfying when you get to fix a problem you've been chasing. Like yeah. you really are like, well, I've been banging my head on this one. Like, and then it and then it gets done, and you're like, well, that was easy. Yeah, <laughs> and it
4: was all, it was all from the beginning. You know, being you know, the truck comes in, we're like, oh, cool, it's an emission through, you know equipped truck, and then we found out a secret deleted, <laughs> and we have, you know, we have EGT problems, and
0: oh, oh, yeah. I got it. All so. right. Well, I'll Make sure we get a tune on that truck as quick as we can, then. Yeah, sounds st- like it needs a turbo trans pump, traction bars, lift pump.
4: Yeah, we need to make it a race truck.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the only way to do a dually a Duramax tuner. I dig it. Uh, cool, man. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Any other trucks been in the shop lately? Um,
4: well, now that we're on the actual emissions related problems, we actually had a 14 LML coming as well. Okay, um, truck actually want uh, the customer put all the emissions back on himself, the truck was deleted. And he actually put all the emissions stuff on himself, and then we—
0: When did that go wrong?
4: Well, he brought the truck to us. Uh, everything was unplugged. so Everything that has to be unplugged from—
0: For delete. For okay. deletes. Okay, so I want to get this right for our listeners. So he had a deleted truck, and he's yeah. like, I'm going to return the emissions equipment.
4: Yeah, he hated the sound. He wanted, he wanted the truck to be nice, quiet— he, he just wanted a nice truck.
0: So he pulls the aftermarket exhaust off of it. Yep. I don't know what he had for an EGR kit solution or anything else, but but he pulls all of his delete kit off of the truck, puts all of the stock emissions equipment back on. Was it like new stock, or was it like he had it laying around? It, from it was like
4: garage-kept stock.
0: Garage-kept stock. Good. Okay, so he deleted the truck, had all the parts in his garage, Yep. didn't like the sound anymore, says, okay, I want to go back to keeping it quiet bolts everything back on but he didn't plug in any of the pigtails
4: he did that so he could drive the truck here because he wanted oh, us we yeah. were, so the you know we had to tune the truck so he could if he would have plugged everything in he, he wouldn't have been able to drive the truck
0: right right, right right right
4: so of course we get here well now we have pigtail issues so same thing with sean like he was saying you know whoever his buddy deleted it or whatever yeah that's saying that okay well none of the connectors were tied up none of them had dielectric grease none of them had tape Oh, So luckily enough, it wasn't very long. Uh, he's, it was only about eight months or so the guy had the truck deleted. Yeah. So we didn't have to. We were able to just plug and play.
0: All right. All right. Well, that's good.
4: But we ran into our own issues. Oh, no. So well, after the truck sat, well, the night, the injector doser, so the def
0: doser. Oh, Uh, DEF injector, sure. Yeah, DEF
4: injector. So we found out that it was crystallized on the end of the doser, so it would not inject DEF, so we couldn't get the truck to
0: regen. Oh, no. So. Oh, all right. Well, are you still working on it? No.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, no as in that, but yes, as in we got the truck uh, up and running and driving.
0: Okay, good, good. All right, excellent. Well- super tech jeremy thank you so much for stopping by the show we really appreciate it no problem listeners stick around we're going to have a remote support expert sean lynn join us in just a moment remote support expert sean lynn how the hell are you great how are you paul i'm doing good thanks for joining us buddy glad to be here absolutely hey uh super tech jeremy uh got that lml fix we called you about last week
5: oh awesome glad to hear you got it working
0: yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Definitely said, went through, looked at some pigtails, found some further pigtail issues, kind of just like you had gone through, uh, and got some other things wrapped up. So he had that one. And then he had another emissions-equipped return job uh, where he ran into some some deaf doser issues. He was able to get it resolved, I'm pretty sure, with an R&R, so pull, pulled the old one out, put the new one in. Uh, but I just thought, like, man, I think a lot of guys run into deaf issues and they have no idea how to solve them. Have you ever dealt with customers that have deaf issues?
5: Yeah, actually, uh, every now and again, we have people calling in with
0: exactly that. Okay, what, how do people usually describe the problem? What, what do they usually call you about if the topic's going to be about deaf? So, usually when we're on
5: that topic, they get a message on their dash saying, like, uh, diesel exhaust, fluid quality, poor which means the catalyst is not reducing the nitrogen enough, and it just thinks that the DEF is at fault. But it's just a message that pops up on your dash
0: normally. Okay, okay. So it's just one of those messages that tells you something is wrong but maybe isn't always super accurate.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, How do you fix it? Delete it? Well, I mean, not really the way that we would go with it, but (laughs) it could be a number of different things, to be honest with you. Lay it on me, man. What should, what should people troubleshoot? I'm calling in right now. Uh, I got a death quality poor message. What do I do? I would have to ask if uh,
5: you're getting any other codes with it or if it's just that message. No other codes, just that message. Typically in a situation like that, um, sometimes if buy, uh, people buy old diesel exhaust fluid that's been sitting too long, sometimes it doesn't bring that number down enough to make the truck happy. Or if you've tried everything, replaced all the fluid, then we'd be looking at hard parts at that point.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, when you say replace the fluid, should I go out and drain the whole tank as soon as I get that message?
5: Um, Depending on how old the fluid is, I would personally believe that it's always better to drain the old fluid just to make sure that everything is fresh in there, personally. I went through that on my personal truck as well. Oh, really? What happened on your truck? The fluid in it was pretty old, so rather than have to worry about it
0: down the road, I just drained it up front and put all fresh fluid in it. Okay. Okay. I mean it's tough. It's not like gonna break the bank to put a new thing of deaf in there, yeah. right? Like they hold less than two gallons, so not that big of a deal. Okay, cool. Uh now you said moving on to hard parts. Do you know any common failure spots or how would I spot a failed deaf component?
5: Yeah, it doesn't happen often, but If the DEF injector stops functioning, it will not spray into the exhaust, and that level will never come down in the system. So you might get codes for it or DEF quality poor messages.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. Good stuff, man. Uh, Is there anything else people out there should know about their diesel exhaust fluid?
5: The only thing I recommend is if you don't drive the truck a whole lot, don't top it off. I would recommend running it as low as you can and then filling it.
0: Oh, Interesting. Why is that?
5: If you keep topping off the fluid with fresh stuff, then you still have a lot of older stuff at the bottom, potentially, and you can run into messages like this on your dash.
0: Oh, good heads up. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for stopping by the show, Sean. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Paul. Listeners, stick around. Chris and I will be wrapping up this show here in just a moment.
1: Paul, what an amazing show today, man.
0: You said it. Absolutely. You know, Chris, a lot, sometimes we plan our shows weeks in advance, and yeah. sometimes we shoot an email out like yeah. two days or a day before a show starts. This is one I, I'm not scared to say. We put almost no planning into. and that's, This
1: was a Tuesday morning, hey, we should do this, this, and this, and you CC'd me in a couple emails.
0: And and Wednesday, we recorded it. You guys are hearing it Friday. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the reasons that it was so easy to put this, this show together this week was that it's something we were both super interested in well, and something we have a passion about following.
1: There's a dem, there's an industry demand for something like this, and I think it takes someone really passionate to be able to execute that. And I think that as you see companies and products be developed, those key products that are super successful have that recipe. And I, I have to say, any of our listeners listening to Clint talk about the process and talk about the R&D piece and the efforts and everything that went into it, you can believe that he does care, that he did look at all the different avenues and the different obstacles that needed to be overcome to be able to come with a product to go to market that's going to do exactly what it needs to, that is desired. So I'm really excited to see what the next year holds as these kits start getting circulated in the space and guys start getting them on the trucks. We have the opportunity to play with one and drive one firsthand. Um, Because I've I've seen a ton of conversions over the years where – Anyone can convert and do something and hack something together, but all of the creature comforts of that vehicle just tend to not really work, but that's overlooked because it's a conversion. Right. So it's cool to see a factory-type fitment and finish of a, of a conversion product go to market. So really pumped to see that
0: absolutely listeners next week we're going to have a whole lot more uh, awesome interviews and we'll be hearing back from our super tech along with our customer service i'm sorry along with our remote support expert uh for this week this has been paul wilson and chris hemke thanks for listening chris why did you just yell i don't know um let's do it again
1: <laughs> why am i yelling <laughs>